you're listening to insuranceradio.com. We sit down for personal conversations with the top insurance and financial advisors, executives, and regulators. Listen in to learn more about their ideas and personal stories at insuranceradio.com. This podcast is brought to you by AD Banker & Company. They help you meet your insurance continuing education deadline in ways not as boring as you'd think. Go to a live in-person class or choose a webinar, which will come to you. Learn more at adbanker.com. Our guest today is with former Congressman Barry Goldwater, Jr. Mr. Goldwater served in Washington for 14 years, representing uh, congressional districts in North Los Angeles County, California. Uh, He was born on July 15, 1938, son of Barry and Margaret Goldwater. He graduated from the Staunton Military Academy in Staunton, Virginia in 1957. He attended the University of Colorado in Boulder, Colorado, and he also graduated from Arizona State University in 1962. He worked as a stockbroker early in his career and was involved in public relations uh, as an executive and in the import-export business before being elected to Congress in 1969. Since leaving public service in 1983, he's remained very active in a wide range of business and political interests that he feels very strongly about uh, still today. Uh, Welcome to our program. Oh, it's nice to be on the Insurance Radio News. Well, thank you. Thank you. Say, we're going to start off just, you know, uh, you've got a a name in the industry that's uh, very common, and I I want to kind of dig down and talk a little more personally about where you came from. And uh, you were in a family business, I understand it. Uh, Your family uh, immigrated here from Poland and then traveled to California and settled in northern Arizona and opened a dry goods business. And at some point along the line, were you ever involved as a boy in that business? I I was. The family, you're right. The family came from Poland, and then about 1850. For 1850, they settled in Arizona. That was a long time ago. And they were Jewish peddlers uh, working out of a wagon and following the miners and the, uh, sol- uh, the soldiers to Arizona. And that's where they put their roots down. And uh, a wagon grew into a, uh, a medium-sized department store in Arizona, New Mexico, and Nevada. And growing up, I worked in that store uh, in the summers, uh, uh, during university days. Uh, my passion, my intent, and uh, my goal was to eventually work up to running the Goldwater Department store. And um, in 1962, when I graduated from college, uh, it just so happens my father and his sister and his brother sold the Goldwater Department store to a large uh, conglomerate called Associated Dry Goods. So there I was, uh, standing there with a diploma and no place to go to work. And I went to my father and I said, Dad, I said, "Um, I don't understand. You knew of my passion and my goal to uh, eventually become the president of the store. Uh, why did you do that? And he turned to me and he said, Son, I gave you an education, now go out and use it. And that's how I wound up moving from Arizona to California. And my first job was as a clerk uh, on the Pacific Coast Stock Exchange for... uh, And that was in San Francisco? No, that was in Los Angeles. The Pacific Coast Stock Exchange 
had uh, two divisions, one in San Francisco and one in Los Angeles. I worked for Post One, which uh, my boss, Chet Noble, was a market maker. He would stand at the Post and people would come up to buy and sell and he would give them the bid and the ask. And uh, and then uh, when he executed the trade, he would hand it to me uh, sitting behind him at a desk and uh, I would record it. And at the end of the day, it all had to total. So, so uh, that's what I did my first job out of college at $500 a month. And I studied real hard and got my licenses, uh, Series 7, NASD. And uh, Chet Noble, my boss, gave me a desk and a telephone. He said, go to work. So it's, uh, you've done some, uh, as any of all of our listeners, many of them are insurance producers and, uh, and executives. They've, they've been in your shoes where they had to make cold calls. Uh, so you picked up the phone and started making cold calls. Did you ever have a, uh, anybody hang up on you? Well, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, my target uh, client uh, were institutions. So I was dealing with professionals. Uh, uh, these are professional traders who traded uh, large blocks of stock, such as, say, the John Hancock uh, or the California Teachers Pension Program, Bank of America, uh, IDS, uh, mutual funds, colonial funds, uh, Fidelity. Those were all some of my target clients. And, um, you know, you just, yeah, I had a lot of them just put me off. And uh, I remember most of them took a good six months, five, five, six months, maybe longer, before I even got an order. Uh, but it just took, took a lot of persistence, and uh, they, they would be kind of polite but very quick with you. Yeah. And, um, and then, of course, you had to go out and visit them and uh, wine and dine them. You do what every salesman does, is you, you convince them that... Uh, you're a good person, you can deliver, and you can uh, perform. And uh, eventually you break down those walls and you develop friendships, and uh, pretty soon you're doing business. And this was in the underwriting business? So were... Well, this was uh, trading. Okay. We were actually, uh, these traders uh, worked for, say, for instance, the California Teachers Pension Fund. You know, the fund is always buying and selling uh, stocks to balance their portfolio of investments. And these sales were very large, multi-million dollar orders. Uh, I might get an order to sell uh, 500,000 shares of General Motors. Very special area of trading. Um, and uh, so uh, I got very much involved in that in that area for 10 years and uh, I traded bought and sold and uh, and placed large blocks of, of securities and uh, it was a wonderful time I made a lot of money and that afforded uh, afforded me the opportunity to go to Congress yeah. now you mentioned uh, Noble uh, were there him and other mentors that really played an important part of your life when you were you're starting out in that, that profession? You know, I was very fortunate to just, uh, because I didn't know what, what I was going to do after uh, my family business went away. And I met somebody just by happenstance who worked on the Pacific Coast Stock Exchange, and he made the introduction to Mr. Chet Noble. Uh, and I went over, drove over to California, and 
had lunch with him, and uh, he hired me. And uh, he was probably one of my mentors that I cherish uh, looking back upon people who had influenced my life, and he was definitely one of them. Uh, he gave me opportunities to perform, and he was a strict taskmaster because if you didn't perform, you, you, your ass would be out on the street. And so he taught me, he gave me a lot of rope to hang myself uh, or uh, be successful, and it was because of him that um, I, w I did well uh, in the area of sales and securities. So you've uh, uh, been in business uh, now since you've left Congress uh, in the mid-80s. Uh, describe for me your business, your current business pursuits and, and uh, that uh, you're involved with. Well, my, my, my general education was in business, uh, business administration, and so that's a very broad area. It basically says that you've uh, got a college education, but you're qualified really to do nothing special. And I think uh, my talent uh, were more along uh, uh, being good with people, a people person type uh, personality. So that'll take you into a lot of doors and a lot of opportunities. And, you know, I, uh, I wasn't a lawyer or a doctor where I had to go to uh, work in a hospital or, or work in a law firm. Uh, I looked for opportunities, and that's my first job was an opportunity. I knew nothing about securities or the stock market, uh, but I got the job, and uh, it's like one summer. Uh, I got a job on a sailboat. Now, I'm from Arizona. We don't have oceans or sailboats. But I got a job on a 72-foot catch sailboat, but I convinced the captain that I could sail. And that's basically what you're doing. You're talking about selling yourself and developing your personality and getting people to like you and, uh, and, and trust you. And uh, this captain trusted me, and he believed that I could sail a boat. Well, when I got the job, I had to go home and read a book on sailing, sailing, but I spent three months sailing the South Pacific in this boat, and I learned real fast, and that's exactly what happened when I became a stockbroker. I learned real fast, and when I became a congressman, I learned real fast. And so uh, even though you may not uh, have a, a professional title uh, that you hang outside your door like lawyer or doctor, um, you uh, seize opportunities, and you, you make the best of them. Sounds even, like it's uh, good advice for all the young listeners, particularly of our program, and that is you don't always have everything figured out when you start. You just jump in it with both feet and, yeah. uh, and go after it. Yeah, I didn't have a real passion on this. I wish I had. I think I'm still today still trying to figure out what I want to do. But you have to start somewhere, and you start with an opportunity that comes along, and you grab it. Uh, don't look for that special door. Just grab something that comes along so you can start taking care of yourself. And then that gives you the opportunity to look around and see what else is around, what other people are doing. And you meet people and you find other opportunities. And that's kind of how my life has been. I, a stockbroker, a congressman for 14 years. And then I got into uh, back into the security business uh, selling uh, tax advantage uh uh, investments, uh, commonly known as a tax shelter, back in the 80s. Uh, those were very big up until the 1986 uh, Tax Act, uh, which uh, stopped all of uh, these tax shelters. But for four years, I sold about a half a billion dollars, no, about a billion dollars 
in equipment leasing tax shelters. It was all about selling, selling yourself. And uh, that's what you do when, you're, when you sell. You, people got to like you. So you got to be able to sell yourself, which means you got to have confidence in yourself. Uh, you got to enjoy yourself. You got to like yourself. And you develop your personality. You're outgoing. And uh, so people are attracted to you. And if you're attracted to you, they'll generally pay attention to when you give them the sales pitch and make the closing. But uh, so I did the tax shelters for about eight, no, about four or five years. Barry, we're here at the course of the NAIC conference in Phoenix, and uh, I know you're a regular at this conference, and I know you're well connected with the insurance community. What are the, some of the issues you're doing and you're facing with uh, your clients here? Well, uh, I, have a, I have a company called Goldwater Taplin. We're uh, headquartered in uh, West Palm Beach, but we work in all 50 states plus Puerto Rico and Virgin Islands. And uh, uh, what we do is we handle the regulatory side of the insurance business. Insurance is primarily uh, created to cover a risk uh, that uh, life presents itself. But uh, like any business, there's some regulation they, these insurance companies have to deal with. They have to be licensed. And fortunately, we have a state-based regulation, insurance regulation business, not regulated by the federal government. So if an insurance company is to do business in 50 states, they've got to be licensed in all 50 states. They have to undergo audits and inspections and uh, disciplinary actions. And so... That's where my company is, a very small niche, but insurance companies will ask us to assist them in the regulatory area, uh, especially if some of them uh, they have some very difficult cases like uh, redomesticating from one state to another. That's very tedious, it's very involved, and it's important that you have somebody that knows, has close ties to these regulators. So that's our specialty. Uh, insurance is a, is a big business in this country, and uh, almost anything and everything that moves or talks or thinks has some sort of insurance uh, because life is not without risk. And fortunately for the insurance industry, they're there to insure your home, your car, your business, uh, yourself, uh, just about anything. Uh, you know, of course, the insurance industry is a big place. Uh, do you, uh, your firm, specialize in a particular segment, uh, the life industry or the health industry or the property casualty, commercial or personal side? We work with any insurance company, regardless of what they're selling, uh, because the regulatory side is pretty much the same, whether you're a property and casualty insurance company or a life insurance company. Uh, you still have to be licensed. And those licenses are the same, whether you're life or PNC. Uh, your audits are pretty much standard and, uh, and, 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 and predictable. So the regulatory side uh, has no boundaries. If you're in the insurance business, you call and go water Taplin to help you get to that regulatory morass. Uh, a lot of insurance companies, uh, are some, especially the small to medium size, uh, you know, they focus mostly on sales and product. So they, they don't have maybe the resources to have full-time general counsel or to hire a law firm. You can hire a Goldwater Taplin, and we will work in all the states that you're going to be licensed in, so you don't have to go to each state and hire a different law firm. 
Uh, you can hire a Goldwater Chaplain, and we will work in all 50 states for you. Now, I notice you've also a member, active, maybe a lifetime member in the Numismatic uh, Association. The you, coins. The coins, yeah. The coin business. Is that a, from an investor standpoint or more of a collector? No, that was an opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> I, I met a gentleman in Connecticut who was uh, in the coin business, and uh, uh, he took a liking to me, and uh, we developed a relationship, and one thing led to another, and I'm on his board of directors. And uh, so I joined the numismatic uh, organization and pretended I knew something about coins, which by now I do. But to begin with, I didn't know the first thing about coins, except that's what you put in the slot machine to uh, at, the, at the casino. Yeah. So uh, I'm in the coin business, and uh, it's, a, it's a decent business. What's uh, some of the, kind of back to the personal part of it, uh, what's some rules uh, that you live by or kind of a creed that you live by and, and uh, that you follow uh, to, uh, to, as, you, as you work your way through different opportunities in life? You know, it's, it's sometimes hard to put into words, but um, I think my first rule is to love myself. I wake up every morning and give myself a hug. It gives you a positive attitude when you go out the door. You don't want to go out that door with a bad attitude. And one place to start is in the morning when you get up. And just give yourself a good hug and love yourself. Uh, that'll carry you a long ways. And the other thing is is uh, to realize that uh, you, know, you know we live with people. And people are just like you. They have all their needs and wants and desires. And if you pay attention to them and recognize them, treat them with kindness and respect... Uh, the road you walk down, uh, the dust you stir up will fall on other people, and they're never going to forget, and they'll always be there for you. Uh, so I always try to treat people with kindness and respect. Uh, I don't use people. I don't abuse them. Um, I uh, expect a lot about people, and if, if their expectations aren't there, I move on, but I do it kindly and with respect. But that's, that's one of the first things. And, and the third thing that I rely upon is my belief in a higher power. Um, my father used to say, as you walk through the, 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 the forest, you walk with God and don't ever forget that. And um, so I don't. And uh, so I uh, say a little prayer every day uh, for God to be with me and to help me be the best I can. Um, I wouldn't say I'm devoutly religious. Uh, I don't really even go to church, an organized church. But I do believe there is somebody up there, a higher power, uh, who made this wonderful universe that we live in. And uh, and uh, that belief has uh, been very good for me. I've had more wonderful experiences because of believing in a higher power in God uh, my prayers have been answered more than once, and I, I don't question it anymore. I know growing up I did. I had no idea who God was or where he fit into my life. But one day I, I asked a, a wise woman, how do I find God? She says, quit looking. Just get down on your hands and ask, your knees and ask God to come into your life. And I did, and all of a sudden... Things started happening. Gosh, I guess goosebumps just thinking about that experience I had. 
in finding my God because things happen in my life that there have no explanation other than the fact that I asked for his help. Now you've lived a very uh, public life and uh, had probably you know hundreds of interviews and appearances over the years. Uh, you know, what's, a, what's a question that you've always wanted to be asked but uh, nobody's ever asked? I don't know. I don't know that. I don't. I can't answer that. Well, I think it's uh, what you're, you're demonstrating as a true professional. It's sometimes in life we have to say, "I don't know the answer." Well, yeah, I have no. I, there's yeah. never been that burning desire of being asked something that uh, I've not been asked. But I have had a lot of interviews, and um, you know, I was born in, into a political family, so you, you, that's part of your life. That's part of uh, what comes with. Politics is uh, it's public. Uh, you learn to live in a sort of like in a glass fishbowl, and um, and uh, some of the things you you come to your way are a lot of questions. Yeah, uh, and I think I've been asked every one of them. Yeah, but uh, so I, I can't really answer that. If your uh, mother uh, Margaret uh, were here with us today, uh, what kind of advice would she still be giving you today if she were here to tell you? Don't forget to make your bed, Barry. <laughs> she taught me how to make a bed before I can even, I think even before I could walk. No, she was, uh, she was an inspiration to me because of the love she gave me. I mean, she was always there. Uh, I guess that's what mothers do, is they're there for their kids when they grow up. It gives them confidence uh, to venture, get out of the nest, they teach them the tools, and my mother taught me the tools of, you know, how to set a table, how to be nice to people, um, how to wash my clothes, how to make my bed. Little things that we kind of take for granted today, you had to learn someplace. And my mother taught them all to me, and I, I feel blessed that she was part of my life. Yeah. Well, that is wonderful, and uh, I uh, just want you to know how much I appreciate uh, you taking a minute to visit with me today and get better acquainted and uh, hope it's been uh, interesting for the listeners as well across the country and I uh, just want to thank you for joining me today. It's been wonderful to have you on the program. Well, Dennis, it's, uh, I think what you're doing, dispensing information for people that uh, is, is wonderful. Thank you. Oh, hi, you're still here. Say, if you are interested in reaching thousands of licensed insurance producers across the country, why not consider sponsoring a guest podcast? If you had sponsored this episode, we would be telling thousands of listeners daily about you and your company. Find our contact information to request prices and availability at insuranceradio.com.